All right, let's do it. So uh, here we go, another episode of Grind My Gears. We got it's like Fox News. He's a regular contributor, <laughs> Chris Bonfoco, down from the beautiful it's not an island peninsula of Belize, uh, escaping all this uh, bullshit that's going on in North America. And uh, what's up, Coach? I call him Coach. What's up, Coach? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Um... You know, it's like, uh, it's sad seeing what's happening up in Canada, but it's also very inspiring. Like I've yeah. been brought to a lot of emotion over this whole thing. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, down here, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty quiet down here. It's a small country, um, really not much uh, going on other than, you know, the sun and the beach and uh, living that tough, that tough lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. You know that, right. Well, they were trying to clamp down a little bit last time we talked and I'm, I'm assuming they kind of backed off of that given. Yeah, they started. So last time we spoke, um, they were going into some ridiculous things. Like we were on house arrest on a Sunday yeah. for two weeks, right? It was only the Sunday, like, you know, whatever. COVID on a Sunday. That's the only day you can get yeah, it. Well, yeah. You know, as long as you don't, COVID only hangs out in the church. apparently. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, on Sundays it was locked down. And then, October, there's still pretty strict restrictions. Uh, They're getting pretty stupid with with their you know, the experimental medical procedures. The, the, the oh, wax, wax on, wax yeah. Off. And, and um, then I went to I did the Ironman. I went to Mexico, and then I was there for a month. I was in Cozumel for a month. And when I got back, um, the restrictions were kind of there, but a lot have been lifted. The statutory instrument, which they call them, it's their restrictions. Yeah. They openly admitted that the whole reason for the curfew, because we have a curfew here, um, the whole reason for the curfew is, in fact, to cut down crime. They admitted okay. it. They admitted uh, it, yeah. And, and to be honest, I mean, it's a Central American country. This country is, it's mostly safe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they call it a, develop, a developing country. The UN still classifies it as a third world country. As someone who lives here, it's, it's still a third world country. Well, and, and too, there's is the there obviously is not as much uh, money and cash flow going into and out of the country as a first world country, so you're going to get crime. It's just that's yeah. how it is. Yeah. So when the lockdowns initially happened, it really hurt a lot of Belizeans, right? They're fortunate yeah. enough, though. Like, they're it's amazing how much more resourceful people here are than people in like say Canada and the U.S. when it comes to like real natural living, because the economy shut down, and so what do they do? They go fishing. They, yeah. They, well, they, hunting. They, they grow their own food yeah like they they build they build their shacks you don't need heating here yeah because right? you just need to be cool so away from yeah, the sun and yeah and and you know air conditioning isn't it's believe me, it's hot <laughs> like, yeah like i when i got here i was like oh i love the heat he doesn't bother me whatever yeah and after then, a few days you're like fuck this <laughs> that time of year this time of year is beautiful this is why the tourists come here now yeah like, when you get uh between like june and uh, the middle of September, there's no break. Like it starts even like actually May, it starts in May. Um, there's no break. Like you, you, um, it's a little cooler in the morning simply because this, you're not getting the radiant heat directly from the sun. Yeah. But, I mean, there's mornings I would get up, like I get on, I would get on my bike at four o'clock in the morning. And I, by the time I put my cycling kit on, <laughs> I'm already soaked. Like yeah. I'm in sweat. Like, um, and if I <laughs> try to do my training after eight in the morning forget it, it it's like there's no way like it, so it's it, way too hot yeah yeah so, so like the first couple of days of heat you could deal with just like you get in canada when you get that yeah. uh, 
heat wave, the first, it's not so bad because it's only a few days. Yeah. The first couple of days you can endure, but when it's like month after month, like it, oh man, it, it breaks you down. You learn well, to put it in perspective. Uh, I remember after I did um, <clears throat> my ACL, I did a whole camp out in Arizona, right? And the first week, like they were running, we were doing two a days. The first week, I could not hydrate myself for the life of me. You could drink as much water as you wanted. And we would do the first workout at like <clears throat> 8 a.m. And I would lose so much uh, plasma and water during that time. It, and the next practice was at 3. I would, by the end of the day, I'd lost nine, 10 pounds of strictly water and to rehydrate that over and over and over and, and do, you know, let alone MMA, but Ironman stuff too. It's ridiculous. Like it'll wear you down within a week. I'm yeah. Just, that, that Arizona heat is different than here too. They're, they're equally rough. I remember Vegas. Like you feel like you're cooking in that. Heat. Yeah. You, it's, it's a, and it's a dry heat too. So like, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. There's no moisture in the air, so like you're breathing, you're like fuck. There's no air, like it, it, it's uh it's a bitch. But I mean, it took me by the time I left, I was adjusted. But it took me about two and a half, three weeks to really adjust. But doing athletic things in that kind of heat, like you you don't have much time. Forty forty five minutes to an hour before your body is just given out from. Like, you can hydrate all you want, but it's gonna that the the rate of loss of fluid is huge oh it's crazy like here's the different heat it's the it's humidity it's straight humidity so it's thick yeah you feel like, you feel like you're cutting through the air right and there's there's like people say like i you know the type they, they say that um oh it's the pollution like climate change there's not pollution in these like seriously yeah. people burn there's a lot of fires that burn like because people burn like foliage and stuff yeah and and they really they're really good at it like, they know how to do it that they uh their Tbilisians are really good at that um but yeah there's no real pollution it's just so thick it's just the humid it's I thought living in Niagara because Niagara is is humid but it, it's no no it's, it's a whole different kind and um yeah and you're talking about the time out there was one morning I went for a run about a 90 minute run and it was early in the in the the summer here they don't really have summer winter here they have the rainy season and the dry season yeah Summer is the rainy season, believe it or not. Like you would think that when it's rainy, it wouldn't be no, because it's so humid. That so here, especially it, after it rains, right? As like the humidity picks oh, up. Oh, it gets crazy. Yeah. And then the um, when the I was gonna say like every night is like the most violent thunderstorm you've ever heard. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so this one morning I went out for a ninety-minute run, and um, I didn't bring my if it's that short of a run it doesn't seem short if it's 90 minutes but when you've been training for iron man 90 minutes becomes actually a relatively short run yeah yeah um, well, no shit the, <laughs> the, uh, um i carry i have this like water pouch i, I carry it's like a belt that's got two little water bottles in it yeah. i'm sure you've seen people running with yeah, it. yeah i've seen people run but not not serious running they're running down young street pretending to run no no I'm, I'm saying the ones that i see them are running down young street stopping at every stoplight because they use young street as a scapegoat to have yeah. easy runs i'm like you could literally run the other way and run non-stop for an hour instead you decide to run down the busiest street and intersection in downtown toronto 
You did it for a reason. You you want breaks. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Um, yeah. So on that run, I didn't bring my pouch, and holy smokes, man! The last forty-five minutes of that run, dying. Oh, it was terrible. I I, I remember like right now as we're talking, I, I see running by the plantation. It's an area of the peninsula. I'm on a peninsula. The country is yeah. kind of at the the bottom of the Yucatan Peninsula, but Placencia, where I live, is on it's yeah narrow peninsula. And yeah, I was coming around the plantation. It's oh man, was it ever? It was I was just dying. Like it was. Uh, now you did um, an Ironman back December, right, or November? End of November. End of November. Um, the the sheer amount of like distance, I can't comprehend because I would never fucking do that. So, <laughs> um, like I know I know you did really well, and walk me through like how that whole experience was for you as a lifelong athlete and as a coach, how was that experience? Just the, the preparation into the actual Ironman. How did that go? I, uh, it was, uh, it, first of all, the experience itself, life changing. Like it was, you know, I, I never understood before I had my son when people say, oh, the best day of my life is when I have kids, right? Like yeah. I totally get that now, obviously, right? Take away that as far as a personal achievement, and, and a personal experience there's never been anything like it uh, the training uh, for me it was uh extra long because i was when i started my training for it at the end of 2019 <clears throat> when i got this silly idea to do this iron man thing um the uh i was thinking two years because i couldn't swim right yeah. well, I could, but i could only like paddle around i was scared i was scared yeah. still am you never get over it but I just learned how to deal with it. But um, anyway, so I decided I'd started to swim pretty, pretty quick. Like it, not fat, not, not a fast swimmer, but I learned. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, I decided I'm going to do Wisconsin in, in September, 2021. So I kept my training and it was all new and it was fun. And I was doing this, my first two hour run, my first three hour run, my first six hour ride. Even that sounds ridiculous to me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'll run for like 35 minutes and feel fucking accomplished. <laughs> well, my first, my first two hour, fuck that. <laughs> um, yeah. Like my first two hour swim. Right. Yeah. Um, the it's, I was going through that. It was really fun. It was, I was having a great time. I was, it, it really COVID for me and Ironman, like Ironman was my coping mechanism. Yeah, what was going on with uh, my business and with uh, the world in general? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. I just. I, I'm an athlete. That's how I deal with life, right? Yeah. So, um, so I decided to Wisconsin, but I never registered because Ironman doesn't have the best reputation for refunds and stuff like that. And like, gotcha. it, but you also can't really blame them too much because they had to pull all these permits and stuff to do these things, and. Um, and you need emergency personnel to be on standby all the time too. You can't like, so you got to pay for that ahead of time, even just to reserve reserve them. So even if you have to cancel the event, you fucking, it's like, it's like a deposit for a wedding. You know what I mean? You're going to lose it if something happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so, um, they, they weren't refunding, but what they were doing is like, just, you know, we'll, we'll, you can do another one. At first it was like, you could do this one next year because it's canceled because of COVID. Like everybody in COVID, like honestly, all the businesses as a business owner through COVID, like in COVID, yeah, uh, we didn't know what the hell was going on. No. Right. So um, 
they were doing that. So anyway, I didn't register for Wisconsin, but I did it myself. I did it anyway. I did it alone. I uh, just had my wife, uh, um, Eric, yeah, and uh, my father follow me around as my support crew. And that was, that was a fantastic experience. Like I, I, that was incredible. And I was like, you know how it's, it's the Stanley cup syndrome, right? Like you have something that's hard to get fired back up for. So I got down here and I was still planning on doing it, but my inspiration wasn't as strong because I had already done this big personal accomplishment, but I'm like, I want, I want the damn tattoo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got to do it. Right. And the, and to say like, Oh, have you done, are you, have you done an Ironman? Well, I did one of my own. I I would say, no, I've done the Ironman. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a point of pride. Like it's one thing to say you did it on your own people like, Oh, whatever. But like, it's an actual thing to actually do the whole, to do an actual competition. Yes, it's a huge life accomplishment. Yeah. My concern, like my my plan was originally I wanted to climb Everest, and then I realized I don't want to die in a mountain because I'm stuck in traffic because it's so yeah, commercial. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll do this. So um, anyway, I got my training going down here. Uh, the Belizeans were great. Like my friend Clive is fantastic guy. He's bringing people from all over this country who rally together. They would come down here and they would ride with me. Right. Yeah. And um, I would lead the way they like to cycle. Like they're cyclists. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a triathlete. So like they're, they like to draft. I don't like drafting because you're not allowed to draft an Ironman. Right. So, yeah. Um, so um, I would lead the way, but they didn't complain because I hold pretty fast pace. Right. So yeah. Um, Anyway, so yeah, going through that training and just the miles, like my body started breaking down, uh, started having some big problems with my ankles. Like my ankles now are huge, right? Like they, they're, they've gotten so big <laughs> from, <laughs> uh, and uh, my, I started having problems with bunions in my feet because the, um, it's just, I've always had them, but they never affected me. And then the, yeah. here it caused my feet to expand. And if they don't bother me in the run, they bother me in the bike, right? They'll get, they'll get you somewhere. Like I remember uh, David Goggins, when he does his ultra marathons, like some, your, if your, your only connection to the floor is your fucking feet and you're doing that many miles, you something's going to go wrong with them no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, totally. (coughs) um, Yeah. And then my swimming, my swimming started getting tough here because Every time I swim in the bay here, I get stung by a freaking jellyfish. Uh, <laughs> I hate jellyfish. Like they are, what is, like I was talking to one what, of my What's students. the purpose of them? <laughs> yeah, I said to one of my Muay Thai students, you got the best, the best uh, answer. I, I said to him, I was like, like, really, what, what do jellyfish do? And he's, he's got this New Zealand accent. He's, yeah. It's Hamish. He says, you know, I don't know. I think they just kind of float around and be dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, I, I can't find a purpose for them either. Like, I think if you remove them from the sea, nobody would give a <laughs> fuck. Nobody would give a fuck. Like, cli- climate activists would stand down. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, okay. This is just <laughs> fuck jellyfish. <laughs> they suck. You can't see them either. They just they get you. So, um, anyway, so I got through all the training. And by the end of it, I was really like, just let's get this over with. It had been 20 months. Yeah. Actually, like, it was like, more it was actually 26 months of training because i started at the 25 and a half i started at the end of september 1999 2019 and um so when i got to cozumel first of all there's a lot i got like i got a lot of stuff to give here so i drove yeah. from belize to mexico to yeah <laughs> So I had my big F-150, I used to call, you know, big red, because all the vehicles you buy down here, they're usually salvage vehicles, right? Yeah. So, this thing is a 2005 big V8 
F-150. Uh, I loved it. I traded it because it's just, I don't need it anymore. It was too, too much vehicle. And the gas here is crazy. Like it, it's six, it's 620 us a gallon. It's going to get um, worse here too, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Then. yeah. So anyway, I drove there. So a couple of myths to the stuff. First of all, Mexico is a great country. Mexico is not this, uh, yes, there's crime and yes, there's danger, but guess what? Everywhere else there is too. Yep. Um, so we were, we were driving there, we crossed the border. We were totally comfortable. We've been living in Belize now for a year. So for us, it wasn't like a big deal. So some people were commenting like, oh, you're going through some sketchy areas there. It's like, you know, it's, you know, well, first of all, the pillar of self-defense, right? Don't put yourself yeah. in the place at the wrong time. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into a place in the dark. I'm going to drive during the day and I'm going to know where I'm going. I don't speak the language, although I'm learning now. Yeah, I don't speak the language. I'm actually a temporary resident of Mexico right now. Oh, good. <laughs> this guy's got. This guy, I'm fucking stuck here. I'm a fucking prisoner in Canada. This guy's just got escape plan after escape plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we, we drove through absolutely no problems. The infrastructure in a lot of spots in Mexico, must, much of it is better than in Canada. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's surprising. Yeah. And I, the nicest grocery stores I've ever been in my life. Like I've been all over the U.S. with MMA. I've been all over Canada. Um, you know, like man, like the Mega in in Mexico, like the one in Cozumel, like they're all over the place. So the Mega everywhere. Yeah, that's a grocery store. It's, it's like Loblaws it, there, I guess. It, yeah, yeah. It makes it makes um, Sobeys or Kroger's, uh, American Eagle. It makes all these places look like shitty, like shitty. <laughs> like, i couldn't believe how nice it was and how cheap everything is and how friendly the people were like um like i come from dane city in in just so you know in wild Ontario, yeah. and i remember how angry i used to get i, I wouldn't really get angry because i've always been an athlete but i know my neighbors would not get irritated when the triathletes or the cyclists would be racing through and that's simply because of poor governance in in welland because there was only one way out of dane city so we'd get stuck for like yeah. 10 minutes waiting to get out of our out of our village to get by these cyclists the entire island of cozumel closes down prior the whole thing just right close, just close it closes it. right now like the shops and everything stay open and people can come across but the roads close they close there's everything. one road that goes around the whole island right there's yeah. a bunch of little ones in san miguel which is the the main city there but like even getting to the Ironman that day the morning of was crazy like it, we we couldn't there was a it was raining and every road is blocked off yeah so we're, we're even following cabs and the cabbies didn't even know the secret way out of the maze <laughs> get, get us to uh what's called t1 the transition one where the bikes are because you go and you check your bike so yeah anyway rewind we got there and i trained there for um the first three weeks there i wanted to know the course i wanted to know the road um first of all it's beautiful to ride my bike on asphalt again because uh, yeah. in belize it's it's paved but it's that it's that, that dirt paving kind of thing, right? No, no, no. It's better than that. It's like this really, I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I, I don't make roads. I, I, yeah. there, it's, it's pavement, but it's that, that kind of like, it's like rocky jammed together. Stuff. I, yeah, I got, I, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. It's, kind of tarts. it's, it's okay, but it's not as smooth. So there's resistance on the wheels. That's going to slow you down. Yeah. And it was so nice to ride on asphalt. Like I was easily 
two kilometers an hour, maybe maybe a little more faster, faster. Yeah. on that road. Just just from road. friction alone, just from the reduced yeah. the friction, simple. Well, then I put my racing wheels on as well, yeah. which, which contributes too. So, um, but anyway, train there, I swam there, everything because Cosmel doesn't have a jellyfish problem because yeah. it's, the the side that faces Mexico is a current that runs through. The jellyfish are on the other side, so fuck them. <laughs> 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 right? so, so anyway. When the event started coming up, I remember I was getting super nervous like two weeks before. And I'm like, yeah. why am I nervous? Like I've been preparing for this for all this. this isn't like a jujitsu tournament. Like it's not this, yeah, it's gonna be fucking hard, but it's like, why am I getting so nervous? And I have this tendency, I do it in jujitsu and I do speak with a sports psychologist named Robert Shankey's outstanding. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I did it in jujitsu where I'd be like, I feel like I'd be going to the electric chair. Like that yeah. was kind of real. Like a lot of MMA fighters go through that. I, uh, I do it. I do that all the time. <clears throat> yeah. So, so Robert coach was coaching me like, you know, why do you do this? You know, it's like, you're, you're not, you're, you don't have an electric chair to get to. You have a destination. Right. So two weeks before I spoke to Robert nerves started to fall off. Cause I was like, you know, I remember sitting in this, <laughs> this is funny. I remember sitting in the shower, like just two weeks before, like this knot in my throat. Cause what I was scared of was the swim. Okay, because that. Okay. So, oh, I'm shaving my legs, <laughs> sitting in the shower, shaving my legs. Like I'm like a dolphin now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm in the shower, shaving my legs, and um, just eating myself up. And then I spoke to Robert, and then I started to go away. So I get to the event. So let's go. Let's go. I start to register. Yeah. Get to the event. My throat's up, not nerves anymore. It's just emotion. Like I had my sunglasses on in the. In the convention when i was picking up my bag and registering and buying my gear right yeah and um i had to wear my sunglasses because I, I was freaking weeping i was yeah, so your weeping. face is probably like flush you're like you know what i mean oh, it's, my it's eyes not, are for sure red i almost get like a sense of weakness when i get that much anxiety like i feel oh shit where'd all my muscles go like i don't feel anything well i, I know that feeling i've been there in jiu-jitsu this was totally different the nerves uh -huh. were wrong it was yeah. just emotion my joy of being there. I was right? just getting like, there. Yeah. Yeah. The positive energy of this event is like nothing I've ever felt before. Right. I'm getting emotional right now talking about it. Yeah. Um, it was like my hat. This was the hat I ran with, right? On the side, like the Iron Man's logo. The Iron Man logo is anything is possible. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I go through it just what we've been through to get there and how blessed I felt to be there. And um so anyway, that's all wrapped up. The day before, I do my thing just like I do for jiu-jitsu tournaments and stuff. Fighters do it for MMA. Athletes do it across the board for big events. Airplane. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just laid down. I watched some of my favorite movies. Like, I have to watch Gladiator before I do any sort of thing. <laughs> um, so I, I, watched, I watched Gladiator. I kept my curtains drawn. My wife took George, and she went and hung out with Pat and uh, Zante, my, my mother-in-law and sister-in-law, who came down. And yeah, the next morning I was up three in the morning. I, like, I, I barely slept. I was actually up at one. Yeah. I barely slept. And it wasn't nerves. I was just excited. And you know when you have to sleep, you can't. Yeah, that's, always, so, that, that, that's what uh, I use uh, THC now for. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah, I would for the longest time. I had to stop. It was giving me migraines. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I get to the event. We get in the car. We get to the event. I listen to my 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 jam, like the tune that gets me going. That um, it's called uh, "Time for War." I'm sure. Yeah, I've heard it. Yeah. 
I've listened to that in my headphones running so many times. So, and it's not the intensity, see, like I'm not like, getting all jacked up. I'm listening to that to get my, my feelings up, my emotions up, getting ready, like clear my head. Cause I spent a lot of time talking to Blaine about the emotions of the day, just getting it out. Yeah. And uh, where to expect me, when to expect me. Right. So I get to T1, I get out of the car. It's 5.30 a.m., okay? Yeah. This going in to, it's called the uh, Shakanab um, Natural Park. That's where the swim finishes. That's so that's T1. The swim finishes, you grab your bike. I go in there, there's already like 250 fans lined up on both sides as every athlete's walking in and they're screaming, they're cheering, they're ringing the, those Olympic bells, like yeah. the cowbells. And like, man, like I, again, like, like I'm tearing up. I, I walk in, the DJ's playing kick-ass positive tunes like good old 80s rock and stuff like that like just happy, happy. almost like a fucking party just, it was just, it was like a, it was like it was like a almost like a rave right yeah. like and like good dance music all stuff like that i get to my bike check my bike starts pouring rain i get on the bus um they take us to the start right because of covid there's no fans allowed at the transition areas okay. right so or at the start so we get there and this is at, uh, it's, uh, what's it called? It's a Marina, Marina Fonatour, where the swim starts. So it's a, a 3.8 kilometer swim, right? So um, I get in line, you line up according to your times. And because I have anxiety with being around people in the water. Now I had some friends here in Belize bump into me and stuff. Yeah. Like, I had them abuse me before I left. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just get in the water. Let me punch you while you're underwater. <laughs> this one guy, is, this one guy uh, he had done Ironman before too. He was like punching me in the water. Like, yeah. like so I wouldn't, I wouldn't panic. Right. So um, his name's Ilum. Uh, so anyway, so I get there and I line up and I go in the time. I go in a time that's slower than what I was expecting because I figured I'd rather be going into people than having people come into me. Yeah. So I'm standing there at this one point. Enter Sandman comes on. I meet these like six people, really cool people, all all rookies too, right? So we're standing there. One guy is carrying a buoy. He had to get a special exemption because he was so nervous. Yeah. Like I started talking. I started talking about sharks just to fuck with him. Yeah. <laughs> I get one guy out of the water. And he's like white, like he's like uh, pure white. He's like there's sharks. It's like dude, it's the ocean. Of course, there's sharks. Fucking ocean, <laughs> right? I don't think they want to be around 2,500 human beings swimming yeah. through the water. By the way. But um, anyway, the uh, Enter Sandman comes on. I just say to these guys, we're talking about it. Just stop, guys. Stop, stop, stop. Just listen. How fucking awesome is this? Yeah. Like, we're about to do Iron Man. The face, like, the Iron Man, like, Enter Sandman's going. It's like, I'm a metalhead, too. So it's like, ah, this is fantastic, right? So we walk up. I get to the water. Hit the water. I was expecting to be done in about an hour and a half. Hour, three minutes. Nice. You know, and the water there is so crystal clear, right? Like it's like an aquarium. Yeah. Got out of the water, felt amazing. Was a little disoriented, right? You're always like that after a, after a long swim. Hop on the bike. Was expecting the bike to take me about five hours and fifty five minutes to about six hours five minutes. How long is the bike uh, leg of that race? One hundred eighty kilometers. Oh fuck me. Jesus. <laughs> you're like oh it's only a three kilometer swim i'm like okay maybe the bike's not like, oh, fuck dude, it's almost a four kilometer swim 3.8 yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck <Literally>. all that <laughs> i got on the bike and man people just i, I was there's this guy called triathlon taran he has a youtube channel he's a canadian dude he's a pretty entertaining guy and i was watching he says don't worry when you get on the bike take your ease onto the bike right because you're gonna 
you're going to, uh, it's a long time, right? <laughs> and, it's a long time and it's a different energy system that yeah. you're using. Because uh, like when you're swimming, <clears throat> uh, especially if you're swimming well, you, you're almost in a, like a plank position in water for a whole time. Now you're going from plank to a seated position. So it's two different muscular recruitments that you need to use as a like when you're bike like you still need to use your core but when you're biking you're not using as much core as you are when you're swimming it's it's two different energy systems in terms of biomechanics right so yeah yeah you can't if you fucking get out of the water and just start pedaling like a retard you're gonna fucking burn out by mile 10 no no matter who you are yeah yeah like i took it easy coming in and that's uh i took it was my first 10 minutes watching guys pass me like I have a lot of confidence on the bike. Like I'm fast on the bike. So guys pass me. I'm just taking notes. Say the competitive guy me. I'm like, well, I'll see you in an hour. I'll see yeah. you in an hour. <laughs> right? And I did. I saw almost all of them. So um, after about 10 minutes, I kicked it into gear. Um, I did the ride in uh, five hours, 36 minutes. I averaged uh, 33.1 kilometers an hour. Nice. Um, and that, that was such a good feeling. And I did great. I had to piss the whole time. I didn't pee. <laughs> like I... I <laughs> Go uh, this are, are there are there rest stops like in oh yeah the race? yeah yeah there's hydration stations there's like the support at Ironman's great like even when I got onto the bike the fans are going crazy all around the entire uh, around the entire island there's people out with their signs ringing their bells you know bama notes bama notes yeah. right like I guess the worst thing though would be having to take a shit during that race that'd be suck well there's porta potties there's porta potties I know but still it would fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've never really had that happen to the endurance. I, now all that kind of shuts down. I got a story about that too. Yeah. So well, I remember that fight I had where I got sick from eating the fish and then I had I finished remember I finished it in like twenty seven seconds, but I was sick the whole day. But it, during the fight I didn't feel like I had to take a shit at all. But after I'm like, Oh man. That was that was in Columbus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a guillotine. And so uh yeah. So I, yeah, I had to pee the whole time. I didn't, there's a, an Ironman because the distance is so long, you have a special needs station halfway through the bike and halfway through the run that you can stop in. We have a bag that's got special needs stuff that you packed in there. Right. Yeah. I'm going by it and this guy I'm coming up to this old guy. I'm like, as I'm pumping by, cause I was just passing people the whole time. Right. You can't, you can't draft. So it's just like a straight line. You got to be in like the passing lane. And then yeah. a couple of times I had to do double passes and stuff. So boom, 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 I'm flying by, I'm coming by this one guy. I'm like, I see the special needs. I'm like, oh, I got a special need to piss. <laughs> As I fly by and he yells out at me, just do it in your suit, bro. <laughs> just let it out. Let it out. So Go I'm on. like, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> I'm not got, doing got standards, man. Yeah. No, guys do it, but I'm not doing that. It's a long enough race. I can stop for a minute. I'm going to have to, because like, I knew at some point I'd have to refill all my bottles, right? Yeah, yeah. I got my torpedo. I got a bottle on the, on the down bar. I got two bottles behind my seat. Right. Um, plus I was, I was getting low on nutrition. I took one gel too short by accident. Okay. Um, so uh, anyway, I get through my three laps, get to the transition to the run. As you pull in again, like the whole time people go crazy at one point on the third lap, I was being a dick and I had my Belize. I, I represented Belize. Yeah. The Belize kid on coming around on the third lap, just starting it on the bike. This guy's going slow in front of you. I'm like, I'm coming up on, you know, I'm, I'm coming up behind you. Good to you. Right. He's like, there's a puddle. <laughs> there's a puddle. <laughs> Puddles like this deep because it's just pissing rain. Right. Yeah. And like me, like I was joking in the video I did after, like I've discovered in these sports, I'm a mudder, right? Like, you know, my mother was a mudder. 
I thought yeah. it was a lot better than Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the shittier the weather gets, the more excited I get, right? So he tells me this. He's like, there's a puddle. <laughs> Fucking boom. I go right by him, right through the puddle. He must have got water off my, off my wheel. Yeah. I'm like, pedal through it. Boom, I get through. And then this guy who's like creeping over, we hit this one part. It's like a river through the road. It's like two feet of water. It's just running through so fast. The water was like, even my, my pedals were, were wet. Like my bottom foot was underwater. Yeah. Going. It was like halfway up my, uh, my crank. So anyway, that was, that was just fun in the water. So I get to transition to the run. Now the run is 42.2 kilometers. Um, for it, so you know, yeah, just looking at your fate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a blank stare. I'm like, fuck, fuck that. Fuck that. Um, I get into the, I go out to do the run. I'm feeling good. I'm actually on pace to qualify for Kona at this point uh, for the world championships. I'm uh, doing very, very well. I did not overdo it on the bike, but I had a problem going into the Ironman. I tore a calf muscle five uh, weeks, nice. five weeks before it. it. It doesn't affect me on the bike, and I couldn't run at all leading up to Ironman so like I would say the day of it it, it it was getting close to healing it the tear didn't stop me in the run at all okay that's good However, I, I made it 14 kilometers before I had to walk I hate walking it's just like being beaten I had to. yeah everything was cramping right everything was Charlie horsey and the heat came up it stopped raining and the heat came up yeah so it's not like I'm not used to the heat because I, I live in Belize but um well, after the rain too, right? It's going to make it even humid. more humid. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's 4K or 14K in. I had to walk a bit. Everything was cramping because my muscles weren't ready for the pounding of the run. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Right. Because I, I hadn't done it. Like the, my second to last run I did before I had to stop was a 29 kilometer uh, run that everything felt fine on, right? Like I, I felt good. It was during an interval run four days later that, uh, it tore. So um, I had to run and walk quite a bit. It was three laps around the signs, the cheering, right? The, you know, at one point I heard someone say, Belize es blanco. So <laughs> <laughs> what's this white motherfucker doing representing Belize? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I'm going, uh, I get my three laps and you know, I'm coming up the last one. I run by this one chick and I'm like, what's wrong with us? And she's like, there's so many things. <laughs> that's, that's, um, I uh, get to the finish line. There's a group of people standing there and they're yelling, hey, you, you in the red, because it's a blue and red jersey. I had yeah. you in the red. Is this your last lap? Because you start to get familiar with the fans too, because you're doing laps at this one, right? So yeah. It's, uh, I'm like, yup. And that feeling, they just erupt, right? They just, the, the crowd just goes nuts. It's like, I wasn't coming first place, but the crowd is going crazy. I was far from first, first place, man. That guy like was done like 10 minutes after I got off the bike. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, that's, those are super competitive. Those guys are ridiculous. They're pros. Like they're yeah. pros. They make a ton of money to do it too. And they're like 25, not 26. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, so anyway, I, um, I was running up to that finish line. I got to hear hear the call, Mike Riley. You know, yellow Chris Bonfoco, you're an Iron Man. Like, ah, oh, I waited so long to hear that. Like, get to the finish line, stomp down. You know, of course they had this stupid fucking rule that we're gonna get into, where it's like, as soon as you finish, put a mask on. You gotta put your mask on. <clears throat> like, you realize I've been running around these people all fucking day, right? Like, yeah. And my heart rate's at like 
165. My heart rate's been over 160 for like the last six hours. Yeah. And well, not six, but the run, the, the run, the, the last like three hours of the run. Uh, like I am not putting a fucking mask on. Right? So <laughs> I go up and then of course, so you put on your mask, but then they got Michelob light right there. Here's a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah here's a beer. What do I do? <laughs> I, I don't fucking know. Do my mask. Do that. Do that. That, uh, you know how that band in the U.S. Yeah, had? they cut the hole in the cut the hole in the mask. <laughs> That's cognitive dissonance. Oh, so, so anyway, yeah, I finished. It was great. So when you're talking about the poop later that night, I woke up at one in the morning and I pooped until three. <laughs> <laughs> until three. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, that sodium and all that, that happens all in MMA weird. too because you cut weight, so it fucks up your system. Then you fight, and then like at like three in the morning, you're like, "Oh no, here it goes." <laughs> here it uh, goes. Yeah, that's that's what happened after that that specific fight too, and every fight after that, <clears throat> I'll like I'll if we even if we have to travel or whatever, I'll get in and I'll be like at three a.m. No, yeah, it's it's over, because <laughs> you, because your system it shuts down for that competition and. Obviously, from the like from an MMA perspective, from a weight cut, your system shuts down. Other than your pee, right? Uh, and by that time, too, guys have reduced their diet so much that you're not shitting like normal. So all yeah. of us, all of a sudden, like once you eat a meal, like that fucking thing winds back up. You're like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's that sounds like a ridiculous. Like when I say ridiculous, I mean in a good way. A ridiculous experience. Oh, no. Experience. Because, like, I mean, just the distances alone. Like, there's no part of me that wants to do what you just did. <laughs> uh, like, and I say that respectfully, not, like, as a uh, in a shitty way. But, like, it, it's just the, the distance, the work that goes into it. And forget all of that. It's, like, being able to stay focused on a task for that amount of time. Yeah, it's a really bizarre feeling. Like, and I, I, I rewind it in my head. I'm sure you saw my post after I described it as like, yeah. cool, like the best party I've ever attended, right? Like, um, it's weird the, the places your mind going. I, I love that feeling, right? Like, I've, I love, I, I kind of got away from endurance sport when uh, I really started getting heavy into mixed martial arts, but um, it's in, it's in me, right? I, I grew up with it. You know, I was yeah. growing, right? So, um, that, that pain that I, I, I dig it, like I really dig it. Like it, yeah. it um, and it, I, yeah, you have to connect with your why. And the reason I, I did it was, you know, I'm a human being. We all, um, a couple of reasons. We all make mistakes. We all do, we all do things. Maybe we regret. We also have inside of us and people look at, people will look at someone like me and be like, well, that guy's so like, like so confident. Yeah. Like, I feel like I haven't gone hard enough in my life, right? I feel like I haven't done things to, like, I've done, and I, like, you know me, like, I, yeah. I go hard, right? But I felt like I, maybe I wasn't, I wasn't tough enough. Like, I, my, mentally, I had, like, I felt like maybe, like, I doubted myself mentally. And I was like, I need to do this. I, I needed to do it not only to uh, take away any of those demons that of self-doubt of uh, of course I still have doubts but um, of self-doubt like to trust myself and as well as to forgive myself for mistakes I've made it's a very spiritual thing yeah um, yeah and like uh <clears throat> I, I haven't done it since the pandemic but 
for a lot of my knee stuff, I was doing t a shitload of swimming, right? And there would be like, uh, I would go at 6 a.m. with all the old fucking guys. Only the old people wake up that early. And they would do the Olympic size pool. So, <laughs> yeah. So they would do the they, they would do the Olympic length of the the because it was at the Pan Am Center, uh, here, and um, I would get like there would be a point where like the fatigue would start kicking in, in the middle of the pool, and I'm like, okay, there's no there's nothing around me. I can't fucking like grab a ledge or nothing like that. So I'd have to like refocus, and then so what I would end up doing is before I even started swimming, I'd pick like three topics, just three topics that I would curious about and i'd just think about them while i was swimming and lo and behold after that it would be because <clears throat> that's one of one of the of all the crazy shit you just mentioned one of the things i probably could handle is the swim because i have swam swam for an hour plus uh just for rehab purposes but i would pick a topic and i would just think about it like yeah. because I, it was i'm not swimming for speed i was just swimming for that generic cardio and to and for rehab so there was no like uh, pressure on me to go faster. So I I could let my mind go and drift into different things. Like I was watching, um, sorry, I was swimming one day and I'm like, how do they move the pool? <laughs> you know, like the floor goes up and down. So I thought about that for like a fucking hour. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what are yeah. the, because you're, you're, you're staring at the floor, right? You're like, how does the floor move up and down? Let me think about that. And then b before you know it, you're like, oh, I've done my, however many kilometers i set to do and and that's the one thing that like for a sport like mixed martial arts or even football your 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 focus only has to be there for five minutes but it's still fucking hard but like then to put it in perspective well you have to have a, a focus of like a hundred and however many fucking kilometer ride that's like you know what i mean you have to yeah, like you have to maintain a certain level of focus for that amount of time. Uh, you know, it's stupid. Well, and it's dangerous if you don't, right? Cause, yeah, because yeah, there's, there's consequences. Yeah, there was points in that ride because like I averaged 33.1. That, that's overall. Like there was large stretches of that ride. I was going over 40 kilometers an hour, right? And, um, you know, you hit, a, you hit a pothole. You, you, you um in, in that kind of race, you're not. That's why they don't let you draft too, because they don't want the they, they don't want the injuries. And plus, yeah. Ironman tries to make you suffer as much as possible. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. they, but they take good care of you, right? Like they, there's you're taking bottle. Like so, I said if I after I finished, I was like, if I see a freaking Gatorade for the next four weeks, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna barf. <laughs> it's like I drank too much Gatorade. But um, yeah, and that focus, it's it's interesting because. I think it's from rowing. I'm very able to focus on a singular mundane task at, for a very long time. Like, cause rowing is the same thing. Yeah. And for years I went up and down the same channel every day, a couple times a day for an hour to three hours at a time. Right. So, um, and just like Placencia here, riding in Placencia, I mean, it's, this is Belize. There's like one road. If you get lost in Belize, like, Something's wrong because there's none of roads. <laughs> just just find the fucking road and you're back. <laughs> right? Like yeah. you don't sell park when the, they go to Canada and they're like yeah. they, they end up in the wrong place. They're like, I thought you said there's only one road in Canada. I did say there was only one road in Canada. You went the wrong way down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Canada, <clears throat> holy fuck. Uh remember when we talked last time we like it's hard to put it in words. I every uh, since uh, 2019, we've always, always every New Year's, my me and my wife will sit down. We'll be like, 
This year ain't going to be much different. This year ain't going to be much different. And then this year we sat down on New Year's again and we thought the same and we were right. Uh, now, <clears throat> I mean, it's always interesting talking to you because you're not living here. So you get to see it from a different kind of perspective, an unbiased perspective because you're not directly affected by certain things that are happening here. I mean, obviously you guys had shit going on there as well, but it's not the same, right? Um, they don't have the infrastructure to try to um, enact the same type of tyranny that they're enacting in Canada. Yeah. And so uh, the last time we spoke, the one thing you said that there would be an event, right? And they would try to make it very similar. The, the government and the media would try to manipulate it to make it very similar to what happened in uh, in the U.S., the the insur insurrection, right? Um, and, you know, now we've come to that moment. And <clears throat> to be quite honest, it's the most hope I've had for this country in my lifetime. Now that I think back uh, on the, like, my young life, the, the most hope I've had... And I think I was I was texting you about this a few weeks ago. We went out for the um, the freedom rally in in January. And that was my first experience ever going to a protest. Because before that, my stupid ignorant ass would be like, "Oh, why do you have to protest? Like, fucking just make the changes from home. Do whatever you like." I didn't understand why. What drove people to that um, to that mechanism, right? The uh, that outlet. And, you know, in the last three weeks, it's really changed my opinion and me as a man, because now I see why people do those things. And, and like everybody's reason is different. You know, you had climate protests, all, all sorts of different protests. But I mean, some people, some protests are dumb as fuck. I'm just going to put that out there. But I understand now. I understand why people do something like that. And like you were telling like you were saying to me, but, uh, in the, it was like you were in a sense of community, right? And for so long, for two and a half years, and, you know, I, I shouldn't say this, but credit to fucking the government. They've done a good job at making you feel alone, right? It's part of it's part of this whole reset process of isolation. That was the first thing that you do, like, uh, in part of mass psychosis is the isolation factor of mass psychosis is the most important part of it, right? To yeah. is isolate the human being, isolate the mind, isolate the thoughts into this state where now you are vulnerable to the propaganda, right? That they're spewing out. And while we did a good job of it, we also started to feel like we were the only people who thought the way we thought that we didn't have freedom. And for the first time in three years uh it didn't feel that way there was and 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 this is i we haven't had, had a chance to go out to the convoys edge which we probably will next weekend if um if, if everything's still going but the people are just so fucking nice it was one of the most like no, I mentioned and racist and misogynist. One of those, the one of the most welcoming environment. Like we couldn't stay out long because it was minus thirty, and we we had the kids with us, so my son started freaking out after about an hour. But for an hour, there was not one negative vibe. Everyone was talking to everybody. 
there was people of all different a- aspects of um, of the situation. People who got waxed, people who didn't got waxed, people who lost jobs, people who were just there because they, they didn't agree with anything that was going on, and people who were just there because they just they want to feel love again in, in the communities and, and in Canada. And it was, and that was to me the start of something that was happening right now. And you know, from the from your perspective, how have you guys been seeing what's been going on in terms of the convoy and the quote quote occupation, which I'm going to get to because I hate that fucking word. I think it's bullshit. Well, yeah, um, it's why I moved. I told you when I moved why I was moving. Yeah. So far ahead of this, I, I'm more grateful for my education in the last two years than I've ever been. Right. And like people would joke with me before, like you're an MMA coach um, and a trainer. What's the point of the history degree? Yeah. I didn't go to university to get a job. I went to university to get an education. I knew I would get a job. Yeah. Right. And I almost went to law school to do that, but then I changed my mind. Got sick of school. So um, I did public relations as postgraduate. So anyway, um, to, to kind of rewind, like how we, I see things, uh, you know, I've been on the podcast before. I spoke about it. Um, you guys are familiar with my take on fascism. I was calling this out for fascism years before anybody, everyone was calling it communism. Yeah. And we'll get back to that in a second. But when... Um, when I was taking my degree, I took it very seriously. I really enjoyed studying. I had a wonderful professor, Dr. Taylor. Um, and uh, he was the one, I took all of his courses because I was started with, you know, modern history of Europe, um, followed by, you know, as you go through university, you get more narrow. And I ended up focusing on the rise of fascism in Germany from 1919 until 1932. Yeah. And one of our lectures, um, well, it wasn't just the lectures. Dr. Taylor was very good at always going back to the point, right? Right from the beginning of the semester to the, through the semester, almost every one of his lectures, he'd bring it. He would ask a question at the beginning of every lecture. It's like, how did the most educated and arguably the most cultured country at the time succumb to this madman? He would start almost every lecture that way. And yeah. then he would go to the different topics. And one lecture we talked about is when, uh, and I take this very seriously, it's just, you know, it's like, who is responsible for the Germans getting this way? And there's theories behind it as far as like, they were just a monarchy, they were forced into, into a republic, um, all the way to they're just bad people, right? And that's kind of what it's digressed to in the rhetoric of today with, in regarding white people, right? Like they yeah. just, it's, it's the CRT and all that garbage. So, we actually came to the conclusion in my honors, my honors uh, class in it, there was only like six of us who took the course. And, um, you know, we came to the conclusion that it was the historian's fault. We were, we were falling on the bullet. And the reason behind it was the historians kept their mouth shut. The students of history kept their mouth shut. Yeah. Napoleon had, there was enough examples in history. Napoleon being the most recent one at that time. I mean, in reality, Napoleon was... And then Geng- Genghis Khan before that, right? Yeah, and, well, yeah, and Napoleon was only was only 150 years before. Well, less than that. He, yeah. he, you know, he was like 120 years before World War II, and about 
from the Napoleon's death or his from the fall of his empire, it was only 108 years. Yeah. So uh, from when Hitler started hitting the political stage. So um, with all that said, we blame the historians. So I, I like I really I gotta let this out. Like I put a big post yesterday. I'm sure you saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I am deeply disturbed of what's happened with that post. I've been getting shadow banned every time I do that. I can tell. Um, and um, the that post. Henry Henry sent me what he sees on my post. Yeah. Because he messaged me, I can't see it. It's been it's been deleted. Almost like I'm sharing this conspiracy theorist Nazi film. I was sharing a documentary, a documentary from Timeline. Yeah. Timeline, a mainstream source, history channel. In Canada, they blocked it out. They said that this uh you don't have approval to see this. Henry showed me, you'll see it on your Facebook. I can't believe this. This is vetted. Oh, you, oh, you better believe it. Cause think, think about this yesterday. Um, oh, after, after all their announcements, what, what people here are trying to do, they're starting to flood the politicians, social media with comments just to like fuck over their Facebook. I had written something on Doug Ford's post and I put the word stupid in it and they quickly, while I said post, it gave me 10 second countdown to retract the word stupid before I would be violating a community guideline. Right. That's how like even the comments algorithms are stopping you from expressing anything. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like, I'm not surprised but at the same time, it makes me weep for, you know, freedom of speech because it's just, I mean, we've come to this point, right? Yeah. Where like the only, the only way to freely speak right now is doing this method that we're doing right now, because, you know, I could put this out, you know, I don't give a shit about cancel. Like I'm not big enough where you can cancel me. I could put this out on multiple different platforms. It'll still get out, but you can't write anymore. And I and that's where I feel like the where this has gone to is like journalism is dead because if you write if you put words on screen or on paper they have to fit a certain narrative now or they won't allow you to distribute that method of communication you know what yeah. I mean uh, whereas the reason why and it was unsuccessful the cancellation of Joe Rogan was unsuccessful is because one, he's big as fuck. Your, his show brings in more ratings and more viewers than combined all the network televisions. All of um, them combined. All of them combined. And 11 two, million people per... Two, two, Spotify is a company. They're not stupid. That's how you lose a lot of fucking money. And three, you can't censor a conversation. Right? Like... Like, what are you going to do to Joe? You, you, like, you I, I, it, right? Long form conversation. Like, look what they tried to do to Dr. Peterson, right? Yeah. And when they showed, they got arrogant and showed it in long form, and it, it was in a completely opposite conversation. Exactly. You can't, you can't, like, you can clip it up. And, like, I know they put out the, um, I didn't even watch it because I wasn't going to give it any viewership ratings. I didn't give a shit. Like, they put out a conversation of, or a, a montage of him using the N word from back, you know, 10, 15 years. When he started podcasting, um, anything can look bad when you clip stuff out and and do it like that. But you didn't take it out of context, and I thought it was, 
it was great what Israel Adesanya did yesterday because somebody at the press conference um, brought up Joe Rogan and he's like, hold on, let me take this. I'm black so I can fucking talk about this. And he's like, and he straight up, he was like, Joe Rogan, that's my nigga right there. He's like, I'll fuck all the bullshit. And he like squat. Like, so in, in all essence, like the journalism in, in it, in its purest form, in my opinion, is gone. And I'm ho- I'm hoping that the few of them that are there that are left can have the um, the metal to deal with the bullshit and sort of keep going. Right. But see, yeah, this is like I have a unique education in this exact subject because with with my history background and my postgraduate in, in public relations, right? Like journalists, they're not journalists anymore. No. They're hacks. Are there flacks? They're, 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 there's a hack and a flack, right? A hack is a journalist, a flack is a, is a public relations person. They, they work hand in hand. Yeah. They're not doing journalism anymore. They're doing public relations. Yeah. Public 100%. relations is the art of persuasion. It's not reporting news. News. It's, yeah. it's persuading. That's all it is, right? So it's like this whole scenario, like I've been calling it for a long time. And I'll, exp- I'll explain it one more time again about the political paradigm. The political people are so confused about what's actually going on. If you ask most people what's fascist, right, they're gonna give you maybe a def. Like at one time, I was I was in a YouTube argument because I have to pick an argument a day. It keeps me, <laughs> it keeps, keeps, um, it, keeps me sharp, keeps me up. <laughs> um, so he, I said, well, I, I explained what fascism actually is, and he said, how come nobody's saying it? this is what it is? He gives me a dictionary definition. I always love replying to people like that. It's like, oh, that's a very sweet book report. You just did that, <laughs> right? It doesn't show that you understand a damn thing that you just did. Yeah. So um, the reason why people are confused about fascism, and I was even, I studied it for four years. I was even confused. It was, it's so hard to nail down. The reason why is, is it's the same thing as communism, right? So we're told it's on the opposite end, but it's not, like I've talked about this the far left, see, you have on the left, you have people seek authority. On the right, you have people seek liberty. Yeah. Right. Now, this doesn't mean that pure liberty is great because that is a fantasy just like communism is. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a fusion of the two, right? So, when people try to say, oh, you don't believe in socialism, but you believe in, you, you know, you have socialized healthcare. Yeah. Right. I can get into that. But that, that doesn't mean it's because it, it's there's, there's a balance. There's a balance. If you have government programs, that doesn't mean that you're living under authority, right? Yeah. It, you still have your liberties, but the government is stepping in. That's not a bad thing. It's like when they talk about the Star Trek. They're, like they're the, more of a mediator. Yeah. I, I like to end arguments with the, with the Star Trek because it either makes yeah. people think you're smart or you're stupid. And then <laughs> yeah. Just, right. So when you bring up the, the Star Trek thing, like, People think that's communism. It's not. There's, there's clearly in the Star Trek world, they, they make, they have money. They go places. They spend money. Like it's, it's, it's just basic needs are very easily taken care of to the point where human beings now can focus more on contributing back rather than having to find for themselves. They don't know. They no longer live in a scarcity mindset. Yeah. Right. So, um, so anyway, with with fascism, it's it is far left. It's totalitarianism. No matter how you look at it, it's totalitarianism. Communism. When it starts and it falls very quickly because it's the intelligentsia, which is like basically students, inexperienced people. This is why 
you know, people who don't live in the real world believe in communism, right? They're usually young people who don't, whose minds are easily pliable and they happen to, they, they have a, an unjaded look at the world yeah. at that point. Um, or these academics who are irresponsible because they've never actually lived a day in their life outside. Like, so it drives me crazy when I see like a professor of business who's never owned a business, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> right? like, I, I, like you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like the, the back to school movie with Rodney Dangerfield, right? Yeah. You know, the religious. But movie. I mean, they do that all the time on, on a lot of these um, news networks. They have experts, economists, yeah. chief economists, uh, chief, like, uh, I mean, here's one of the biggest issues. A lot of the doctors that are, they pull on television have never treated a fucking COVID patient. The, yeah. The, like he hasn't seen a, COVID, a patient a patient in like 40 years or something ridiculous. yeah like um i know cp24 has that bogosh motherfucker uh, if i ever see him in real life i'm gonna call him a couple pieces of shit uh but he like he hasn't treated covid patient like the, these are people who are they're bringing on like if you were really that busy if the hospital wars were really that fucked you wouldn't what? have you wouldn't have the time to be sitting down for 15 20 minutes getting all dressed up decking yourself out doing fucking zoom calls on on cp24 every fucking morning no that, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't have that time you wouldn't have the time and, and you so, wouldn't be hiring medical professionals either. exactly so i mean here's where i think this is falling apart for justin trudeau and for for the government is that you know they didn't account like and and i'm trying to connect all these dots right and here's one of the dots i've connected over the last two days was I think you remember this last time we talked, there was the bill C 10 was, was in play, right? That was uh, Trudeau's internet censorship bill. Basically if that passed at that certain time, that would have given him the right to basically censor the fucking internet. Like they do in China and, uh, and other countries regulate content that's being put out there. Things like I'm doing right now, I would have to find some sort of black market means to put out on the internet because I basically wouldn't have my Wi-Fi wouldn't let me do it, right? Uh, my phone, nothing would let me post a conversation like this. That that's the style of the legislature that he drafted. Now it didn't pass, so I'm of the belief that the reason for the election was called was not necessarily just because he thinking he was going to win a majority, but because by calling that election and dissolving government and re-putting it in. Bill C-11 is now in play. It's the exact same thing, but worse, right? The only problem is, is that Bill's a little too late, right? It was a little too late for this trucker convoy. And so this convoy goes rolling in and people are fucking peaceful. They're not doing shit. They're not, they're not insurrecting. They're not, you know, the, what the, the news, Canadian media likes to call it a siege on Ottawa. There's no fucking siege. Right, I got an I, argument with someone yesterday on Facebook. It was my 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 morning my daily argument. <laughs> um, you know, it's like it, she's like it's a it's a it's an occupation. And I'm like, well, it's an occupation, but the police are allowed to come in and out, and government yeah. officials. Come no, on. no, what was happening in Seattle was an occupation. Who's, who's the mayor of Truckistan? They haven't yeah. declared a mayor of Truckistan, so or or a prime minister of Truckistan. So how are they occupying anything? No, right. occupation is what was happening in Seattle where they put blockades. They weren't letting people. You can walk fucking freely through Parma if you want to. There's just a couple of trucks. There's a bunch of trucks on the road. That's about it. But um, where, so, I was, so where I was going with this was um, 
so these truckers roll in and this whole situation unfolds and the media automatically doesn't give it attention. They don't play it at all because the first weekend it was going on, you couldn't find any news on I, I, mainstream media is wrong. It's corporate media. It's corporate run media. You couldn't, you couldn't find any information. Foundation on it. of fascism, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so corporate media, you couldn't find any stories on the protest. Uh, the only way you can find out what was going on that first weekend the convoy pulled in was either by Rebel News, the only honest media outlet, which still has its flaws, by the way. I'm not com completely, you know, team Rebel News. But you, the only way you could find that was that or independent videos people were posting separately. Um, following that, they used planted people, which were curly planted of Confederate and Nazi flags. Only one incident. What? Yeah, and, and that Nazi flag thing, I need to jump in on that. Yeah. The way they use their rhetoric, right? The, it's the same way. It's exactly, this is to the T of how the National Socialists did it in Germany. The swastika that Justin Trudeau is seeing is an expression of the protesters showing him the behavior of his government. Yeah. They are not standing behind the swastika. They were showing it as a symbol of protest. They are protesting the swastika. So when the news and the news shows that and they take it out of context, it is very sad to see how pliable and ignorant so many people in the Canadian society are. Like it doesn't make sense. Like with these people when they talk about white supremacists and stuff, since when has there been a white supremacist issue in Canada? Where are these people? Yeah, they I'd like to I'd like to find them. I'd like to know where they are because well, uh, they, yeah, well, yeah, you, you want to kick their ass, right? Like, <laughs> right? Well, no, so, I, I'm around white people all the time. I, I'd like to figure out where these white supremacists are because I I I seem to not be able to find them. I'm, am I blind or or what? But I, I seem to not be able to find any of these fucking white supremacists they're talking about. Exactly. And, and you live in Toronto, so I mean, it's the biggest city in the country. I mean, yeah. it, there's got to be. They, they, are they just they, are they just really that stealth? Well, my other question is, where the fuck are these uh, Nazis and and Confederate flags now? They ha they showed up one day. You think it's if there was really a a hate behind the movement, you won't just show up for one day. Well, just think, a, yeah, and just like the Terry Fox statue. Yeah, and I mean, so going back to what I was saying, so we had this movement that's happening, and. The media uses those simple images to portray it for the first week, right? To say, okay, if we use those images, if we use that messaging, it's, you know, based on the last two years, we're going to get the response we wanted. They're going to, people will condemn it. Uh, people will turn it down. But here's where this is, in my opinion, it fell apart is you can't censor the internet and Justin Trudeau failed to do it. He's bringing in a new bill, but it's too late. Fucking Justin, it's too fucking late. Um, the actual images of what was going on was out there. People were seeing that, you know, there's a fucking bouncy castle for kids to play in. You have people playing hockey. It's the most Canadian fucking thing. They're playing hockey in the middle of the fucking street, pick up hockey games, uh, barbecuing for each other, uh, taking care of one another, fucking cleaning up the statue after all the bullshit, cleaning it up with freaking toothbrushes, shining it, spit shining it. People are shoveling the streets for other, like the streets are more, well, more shovel than if you let the city do it. They're 
doing things that are not indicative of a siege. And now those images are circulating the internet and you can't fucking get rid of them. Because one of the issues too is that I don't think they accounted for TikTok. And China is very smart with this. China does a lot of manipulation with TikTok. Where if you, and I saw an article on this, if you use TikTok in China, it's a lot of, you'll see a lot of educational things pushed. Uh, entrepreneurial videos, Whereas if you use it in North America, it's a bunch of kids fucking dancing, right? It's the algorithms are designed. Or nurses. Yeah. <laughs> the algorithm or nurses or doctors, you know, because they're so busy. Uh, the algorithms are designed to reward that behavior here and not over there, right? It's, it's brilliant, by the way. It's fucking brilliant by them. And TikTok, you can't fucking censor right now because China's not going to let it happen. So... A lot of the videos are circulating through TikTok, and TikTok is huge. That's why Facebook is losing so much market space. Um, and, and and you can see the parallels between what the media is reporting and what's actually happening. And that's where they're losing this battle. That's why it's caught on so much around the world. That's why people are drawn to it. That's why, you know, I think if Americans hop on board, which they might do this weekend and fuck up the Super Bowl, I'm all on board for that. That's why the Ambassador Bridge is happening. Um, it, it's funny they put in, a, I, I don't know if you saw this, Doug Ford put in a state of emergency yesterday. All that showed to me was you are fucking screaming in your boots. You're desperate. You don't know what to do. Well, this I've been following a lot of Tim Pool on this. I'm sure you watched uh, Tim Pool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's been calling like the truckers have won. Like he's talking about civil disobedience. And what I really like about Tim Pool talking about this particular subject, especially like I, I enjoy his, his podcast a lot, um, is that he he's been to uh, many of these things. Right. He's been boots on the ground journalist. That, so he knows how these go and he knows what's successful. And like when he sees successful protests versus when he's seen failed ones. Right. Yeah. What what the, the Ford government and the Trudeau government are experiencing right now is that they're learning in real time. I posted this today. Governments need the consent of the governed to govern. Yes. They are learning right now the consequences of losing that consent. The language being used, and I go on for a bit here. Yeah. The language being used by the media um, is so pathetic and obvious at this point, it's absolutely miraculous that anybody follows it, right? Like yeah. the siege, the occupation, the insurrection, they're pumping all these same buzzwords. They're empty words. These are empty words. Yeah. They're using these because of the mass psychosis, which is real. Yeah. How they tried to play down um, Dr. Malone on it. It is real. I studied it, like not psychology, but it was one of the topics we studied with Nazi propaganda. Yeah. Was how it hypnotized the people. It's called drip propaganda. Okay. Yeah. So, it's like uh, It's drip propaganda. So they're just dripping on you. It's just like marketing. Drip marketing, like just drip, drip, drip. Sooner or later, the client's eyes see it enough, and they pick it up. Yeah. In human beings' cases, the more they see it, the more they pick it up. 
right? And it's never been a better time, especially during a pandemic and you've isolated the population with lockdowns, rolling lockdowns, rolling restrictions, mandates. There's never been a better time to be vulnerable, put it that way. Exactly. So they continue to use these words, but I think the mistake they've made is the people weren't as hypnotized as they thought. I mean, there are a lot. I mean, like Yuri Bezmenov talks about it when he was discussing how to subvert a society. And if you tell someone something for X amount of Bezmenov, that sorry to interrupt you. That was the the Russian who did the told about the like that twenty year process it takes to yeah how to subvert a nation. He was he he was a journalist in the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember. Yeah, okay. Sorry, continue. Yeah. So he discussed it, and there's a point where no matter what you say, you can't change somebody's mind. Like they've gotten so hypnotized. Yeah. I got in that same argument in my daily argument yesterday was, uh, I haven't had a good one yet today. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you should start a forum with a daily argument, Chris <laughs> Bafoco, and just, and just let people sure, shoot, like, shoot a topic at you. Be like, all right, here we go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, why not? That's the, people make money off of stupider shit. I can see why you shouldn't do that. Um, New so, revenue stream from Belize, right? So yeah. Right. So, um, I had asked her a series of questions because she's like, this needs to end this occupation. And I said, it's not, and I didn't argue with her because it's on a, a woman who was a grandmother. I very, I respect elderly people. Yeah. And um, she was a grandmother of some students I used to train up in Canada. And um, her friends, I, I've watched on Facebook, watching her friends pile on her. And she made her post like, I'll take it down if it causes too much division. I'm like, no, don't you dare take this down. That's what yeah. they want right there's nothing that you're saying is wrong here you're allowed to express yourself um and this i commented on that woman saying it's an occupation i asked her a series of questions all right and she eventually in the thing she's like geez would you stop saying that i'm gaslit i said okay fine i retract that you're gaslit now i only meant it to try to engage I, i i was felt guilty like the dr peterson always said you know like he felt bad over that one interview with that British uh, woman because he got to the, she, she pissed him off to the point where he's like, I'm going to win this argument rather than try to enable. Try to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to keep my language down. I screwed up at the beginning because I said, this is your, your gaslit, right? I I should not have said that. Yeah. Right. So I said, okay, I retract saying that you're gaslit, but can you, uh, what I do ask though, is ask yourself if, if it's possible for you to be gaslit. Right. Yeah. She wouldn't, she wouldn't answer any of my questions. She refused to enter debate. And she says she's not gaslit. And she said, this is, um, I knew she was totally gaslit, not just from saying occupation, but she had said something like, um, it's an insurrection or, yeah. or no, they're, oh, they're trying to over, they're trying to overthrow the government. Bang, oh. you're oh. gaslit. Where has this attempt happened? Right? That has not happened. That is just empty words. Yeah. So the other issue here, so I'm saying about the media. Then I saw another thing yesterday from the media because they're using all these buzzwords and they're empty. I mean, they're, they're in people's heads and it's, it's, it's enraptured them. Yeah. I hope that's the right word. Um, and they're, but a lot of people are falling out now because now when you said about the video, right? Like the news yeah. is saying one thing and then people are like Viva Fry is doing a great job um, there. And you watch, you watch what CBC says and you watch what Viva Fry is doing. It's like two entirely different worlds. So someone commented that on one of your posts um, the other day. Or yesterday, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So, or you commented on theirs, and I commented with you. So, yeah. But anyway, um, so anyway, um, CTV post said it's oh, this is such a shame. They're peeling their logos off of their car. They're peeling their logos off of their car, and they're saying this is such a shame that they need this because they've been told because it's so scary. 
this, yeah. this pretend violence. And I po- I've commented like, you got what you get. You get what you deserve. You've been lying to people for two years. You've been calling people names. You are not a victim. You are the bully. Yes, right? 100%. And I, and I always finish when I, when I go after the media. Do not forget, journalists did not escape Nuremberg either. Yeah. Okay. They, there was journalists who hanged. And they damn well, they damn well deserved to, right? So, um, and I'm against the death penalty. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, no, so, he's not encouraging people to get hanged. By the way, everybody, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> so, on top of this, you have Justin Trudeau's rhetoric. He po- he tweets that the House of Commons has come to a unanimous decision denouncing the anti-Semitism, the misogyny. The racism, the I don't know. You just keep going. The, 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 you keep going. It's the all xenophobia, all the things that they have witnessed in the last couple of days. Now that is a strategic statement by a tyrant. This was an exact strategy used by Nazi Germany. This was used by the National Socialist Party when they when they got to power. And the way it is used is this. Well, if I say to you, Ashton, do you denounce racism? Of course. So there's your answer. And, and that's what he's doing. Well, who you're asking a question that can have no other answers. And what they're doing by using this and labeling people, and they've been doing this for the past few years. Well, it's been happening for a very long time, but it's, been, yeah. it's, gone, it's gone on hyperspeed for the last couple of years. It's gone exponential. Is they're not attempting to engage in conversation. They're shutting it down, mm-hmm. right? So fear is really, it's underestimated. Right. So you get people, they're afraid to lose their job to speak out. Like I posted this on one of my posts the other day on Facebook about Germany. And and it wasn't only the Jews. It's like the and, and we've seen this exactly happen. So the first people, by the way, arrested in the concentration camps in Germany were not Jews, by the way. Yeah. They, well, some of them were. So they, well, they yeah. were, it wasn't targeted Germans. There's communists, capitalists, liberals, conservatives. It was yeah. any dissenting there was any dissenting like part of society, anybody the, who's- a- the, the fringe minority, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> so fear is what's used. So the Jew, for example, when they became really a heavy target as the 30s escalated in Germany, if you spoke out and said, I don't support what the government's doing to Jewish people, you were now a Jew. Yeah. And that would have an effect on your social standing and on your job. So the way the government in Canada is calling this an anti-vax protest, they are right. It is an anti-vax protest. But ask me why. Yeah, tell me why. Tell me okay. Why, Chris? Why? <laughs> <laughs> the definition of anti-vax changed twice in 2021. Oh, yeah. A summary of it is the very first anti-vax definition was someone who doesn't take vaccinations. They're against vaccinations. Simple. They changed it. It now became people against the current inoculations. Okay. And then in November, 2021, they changed it to people who are against the current inoculation. Now they didn't use the word inoculation. I just hate to call it what they're trying to call it. Yeah. Um, Because they had to change the definition of that too. Yeah. Right in order for that to fit they changed that in july of 2021 the word vaccine had to have a change in definitions current inoculations could be classed under them yeah so 
they this is not misinformation. You can look it up on yep. the uh, if it's so, not misinformation, it's disinformation. It's one of the two. <laughs> and you must, I guess you got to burn Miriam West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to change anti-vaxxer to anyone who's against the current inoculations and anyone who may have taken it and are against government mandates. Yeah. It's look it up. Like I will get off the podcast. No, no, is, I've looked it up already. I've seen, I've seen yeah. what you're talking about. It is frightening that this is, is going on. So just like, I don't like what the government's doing with those Jews. You're not a Jew. Yeah. Right. Hundred percent. So now if you support, and this is going to affect your job, this is going to affect your social standing. Fortunately, because of the internet, this small fringe minority is not so fringe. Like no. you said, with protest, you actually felt like your voice was heard for the first time in a couple of years and they've made it. And so this is where I'm getting with the fear. And, and, and I didn't even say shit there. I was just soaking it all in. I wasn't even speaking i was like people were just, like uh, in two years uh, we'll get back to what you're saying in a second but i just want to bring this up in two years i haven't like complete strangers came up to my kids they were sitting in a little wagon and they're like oh you guys here let me get you some flag and they gave them little canadian flags and they were they're all friendly to the kids and I, for two years i live at fucking young and Angleton. for two years everyone will walk by to my to my two kids and think nothing of them for the first time in two years somebody walked by and was like oh my god these are children let me interact with them right it was like in my head i'm like and, and i just and i'm it was almost like i was weirded out by it but i was not i was i was like wow this is what this has done to be like I'm strong enough, and me and my wife are strong enough to, to to withstand this. But I'm like, there are some people who are still out there thinking that you know, strangers, nice strangers coming up and doing a a good good thing to other people is not acceptable anymore. And I'm like, and I was like, wow, I miss this. This is what humans are. Sorry, and go back to sorry. And you're in the big city, by the way, it makes it even worse. Like living here in Belize, a low population third world country. Like people here are so freaking helpful. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, no, but, people here are dicks. Um, so, because um, <laughs> we need each other, right? You get a yeah. flat tire, like, you, you, someone's got to help you. Someone's got to help you, right? so, yeah. So, um, anyway, so, where was I? I was saying about uh, fear, right? So, everyone's afraid to lose their job and stuff. Well, that's exactly how they did it. That fear, it's underestimated. The regime, the Nazi regime, wouldn't bother you until you stepped out of line, and then it would do nasty things to you. Yeah. And this is exactly what's happening on Facebook. Right. So like Joe Rogan is speaking against the establishment and now they make an edited clip of him dropping end bombs to try to make it seem like he is a racist. This is mind control. Yeah. This is fascism. Like you, you, there's no, there's no way around it. These idiot kids the last few years, well, Trump was in, in office and calling them a fascist and stuff. It's like, you don't know what it is. Yeah. They, like you think it has to be this thing that's directed at this exact group. Like, just like it was directed at the Jewish in, in particular in the 1930s, but everything is metaphorical, right? Like it could be like any other sort of group. And Trudeau, look at his rhetoric. How long are we going to tolerate those people? Yeah. Vaccinated people don't deserve to sit beside someone unvaccinated. Yep. Um, this is a small fringe minority with unacceptable views. Unacceptable. That one was what really triggered me. Um, uh, what what gives you the right to uh, classify my view as unacceptable? 
first yes, of all. And, and by saying that it's unacceptable exactly. and accepting that it's unacceptable, that's censorship. You yeah. control what people see and hear and, and you censor it. You control their thoughts. Okay, Dr. Peterson went off about this huge a couple of years ago. Yeah. Right? When you change language, you change the way people think, right? Just like how they, it's just like right out of 1984, the Ministry of Truth. If the word's not fit, you're just gonna, you're just gonna change it. Is it like war is peace, freedom is slavery? Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gotta think of the other one. But anyway, all these things, it's, it's double speak, right? And they're mad. These people are masters of double speak, and so many people. Haven't said anything. So for a while, I was like, Chris, I got to back off of this stuff because, like, I got a good following on Facebook, and I don't want to lose that. It's important for what I do, and I'm moving into a very digital sort of way of operating with my weight loss program because yeah. it's making me nomadic. I, I want to be nomadic. I don't want to be stuck in a fixed area. I, I love it here, and I, I want to stay here. But if I get the heebie-jeebies like I did in Canada, I'm gone. Yeah. Right. So, and I got my Mexican, my Mexican <laughs> residence. He's, he's always one step ahead. <laughs> so, um, so um, yeah. And the people, like I said, in the comment, in the camps, they weren't just Jews. Right. I, I, I took some notes here. I had to write it down to keep my thoughts straight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, they, the opposition, what did they do to the opposition? Right. So look at what they've done to the Conservative Party of Canada and the Republican Party in the United States. Right. They're, they're automatically referred to as racist in the media. All the ists and isms. It doesn't. If you are a Republican, you are all these ists and isms. Well, they, uh, the terminology they use now is right wing. Referring to and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but OK, I'm you know, I'm a bird guy. I'm the dirty bird. Yeah. Right. A wing span. Right. So. What they're trying to do by using right wing and left wing is to show the extremes of it, whereas the actual animal is in the middle, right? The actual it's bird. Yeah, you, you I, like you like I like that, man. right? Good. So, yeah. so centerism in the middle, where society should function and democracy should function well, is the bird, the actual bird. The flight of the bird is the extension of it, right? And by claiming things are right wing or left wing, you're automatically giving this illusion to people that it's at the extremes. So they over they label all conservative movements Absolutely. as an extreme. Yeah, the and they've used it through their double speak and news speak, all the stuff from 1984. And it really makes me sick, by the way, how many people say they've read 1984. They haven't read 1984. Yeah. <laughs> or Animal Farm. It's another great one, right? Like, I, I guys read it <laughs> i've read i've read animal farm i have to get on to the other one you read animal farm because it's 93 pages that's what you get there yeah yeah because <laughs> I'm, I'm not well why do you think i do podcasts i'm not a big reader i get my education through conversation that's my yeah right so yeah so and you're saying that's why i said like they, they make it seem like the right wing or all these things and that's they use it constantly with their drip propaganda like the propaganda that they use is used exactly the same way that the nazis used it is it the propaganda makes their message and their policy seem palatable? Yeah. It makes it seem palatable. So let's let's break down Justin Trudeau, how he's like, and I see a lot of people on that side of things saying, we just had an election and go back to the polls. You had your chance, you lost, this is what you do. That is the tyranny of the majority, but it's not the majority. No. If you, and when you break down numbers from the election, you see I, me. I broke it yeah. down in my post yesterday. Did you read it's, it? it's just like, like, the, like 
the conservative party still got more votes in the last two elections. The conservative party still got more votes. That's why when people say Canada is like the America is so divided, I'm like Canada is way more divided. When you break down our political systems, we have no fucking clear set ideology for democracy well, here. Yeah, like these people, no, we have a democracy. Yeah. Uh, it's no. not a functioning democracy right now, but no, because uh, that, what I mean is clear set. I mean, like we have a democracy, but it's so separated by all these different political ideologies that are here. Yeah, well, it's yes, and like how they keep saying, you know, protect our, and that's another one of the rhetoric they're now using in Canadian media is protect the, our democracy. The, the American media is saying that over and over again. America is not the United States is not a democracy. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a constitutional republic, right? Yeah. Because democracy, this is a great line. Uh, the, 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 well, this isn't the line, but democracy is tyranny of the majority. So the way um, I think it was Benjamin Franklin said, you know, democracy is two wolves and a sheep discussing what's for lunch. Yeah. A republic is two wolves and a, with a heavily armed sheep. Yeah. Okay? So Justin Trudeau, he talks about our democracy, our democracy, this man, like Hitler talked the same. Same way. Like people have the, in, their, in their minds that this tyrannical, like they literally believe this because they can't break down their thoughts that this tyrannical warmonger managed to manipulate the masses. Well, how do you manipulate the masses? You don't show up on the street with your thugs and beat everybody up and then they, they submit. No. It's psychological. Yeah. You beat them with compassion fake compassion, right? Yeah. Compassionate sociopaths. These are the people who are the tyrants, right? This is Justin Trudeau. He, well, I mean, you can see it from his speech yesterday. Uh, Canadians have been there for one another through the pandemic. They've that is been exactly Nazi rhetoric. Sorry. Like, they've been supporting each other throughout the pandemic. They're doing the right like, thing. Some people, one fear. Yeah. That's but, what he's talking right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and I... And I it, I, it's the only time in my history of my life where I wanted to punch the fucking radio out of my car because I'll listen to it when I'm because I'm I'm busy I'm traveling from practice from, to the clients and all that kind of stuff, and I listen to it so I can like my wife gets mad she's like you listen to too much of that shit we need to like get away from it but I listen to it because it numbs me to the the, the propaganda every time I listen to it and I can resist the urge to like feel anything when that man is talking. It yeah. makes me stronger to resist the bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's well. It's like well, I feel like I'm I'm uh, I'm like why I'm ahead of stuff is I I, I want to stop. Like the other day, I was feeling like physically ill because of it. Right? Yeah. And, um. And I'm like I gotta take a break from this, but I was like that's why I've been posting so much about it. I don't want to. I want to post George. Right. Like yeah. I want to post how awesome life is and stuff. But then because of my history prof saying that, who's responsible? We said it was the historians. It was the people who study history. We know this. Like, we, we need to see the parallels. We need to understand it. History doesn't repeat. It rhymes, yeah. right? So you can't just wait for that person to do the exact same things that happened before. You have to see it coming slowly. So Justin Trudeau, with, with that rhetoric saying like that, yeah, like Canadians have done this and blah, 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 blah. It's exactly what Hitler, one right, one, 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 one ein Volk, ein Reich, ein Führer. That's yeah. Yeah. Right, so the I, I'm, someone's probably going to see this video and be like, "Oh, they're spewing just because I spoke German." They're you spewing so, hate, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So anyway, I keep getting derailed in my thought because it's planes. Uh, <laughs> so where was I going with that? He, using 
using that rhetoric yeah, using that line that rhetoric oh, so back to the to you know, empathy is using the empathy yeah and and the majority of canadians support me trying to come off as that compassionate leader that he pretends to be is 5.1 million canadians voted for the liberal party 6 months ago yeah 5.5 i think that was the number it might have been a little more voted conservative yeah. now this is not about the conservative party and the Liberal Party, because like it's I, like I see this all the time. People say like, "Well, I'm left wing." They wear it like it's their their badge that they're that they're um, good people. I'm left wing, yeah. so therefore I'm a good person. Actually, you're not. You're an authoritarian. Yeah. And authoritarians are not good people. Liber liberty, if if you believe in an actual real liberal, a real liberal, is not what these people call themselves. No. Right. Hundred percent. So. That's also why you don't call, that's why I keep beating people over the head on Facebook. So stop calling it communism because these people who support communism, they wear it like a badge. They're like, yeah, these fascists are calling me a communist. They don't like being called fascists. They don't like being called what they actually are. Yeah. So, but back to the numbers, these numbers here, 38 million people in Canada, 5 million voted for Justin Trudeau. Only 61% of voting Canadians voted in the election. 16 million Canadians, less than half of the country. Yes. You have your right to vote. You have your opportunity. You choose to, to vote or to not vote, all right? However, you do not represent the majority of Canadians. You do not have the right to make a Canadian inject something into his or her body that they do not want to put in. Yeah. 100%. Because you have 32.4% of the population that voted for you six months ago. This was before they really started getting crazy with QR codes. Yeah, exactly. Now that people are experiencing the reality of it, I cannot go home. No, you can't. I want to go see my family. I want to go see my friends. I want to ride my bike on those beautiful roads of Niagara. I want to ride down the Niagara Parkway, right? I want to crush the, the, the escarpment on my bike again. I want to go home. I want to live here, but I want to go home. I want to go there and spend, spend like July in Canada. Yeah. Something like that. I am not going back to a country where I require a QR code to enter. That is a fascist country. A QR code, that's for products. That's yeah. not for a human being, right? This is horrible. And then now they talk about this violent thing. The only violence is coming out of Justin Trudeau, Doug Ford and the establishment yeah. and, the, yeah. and the media. There is no violence compared to us. And I love how it's being said, like this is civil disobedience at its finest. These truckers are, they're just not listening. Yeah. And these people are so like, Tim Pool went off on a, on a, on a, on a rant. Like I got a credit. I can't just say it like it's my thought. I was like, hey, let's, let's do something smart here. Let's take the fuel away. So now we got a bunch of big rigs we can't move. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and uh, I mean, he, this I saw this interview yesterday. Um, I, I my my little guy's going crazy in the back, so I got, we got, we got yeah we got we got to wrap up soon. But I saw this interview yesterday, and here's where uh, this whole kind of thing breaks down: is that these these voting the voting system it doesn't represent the entirety of the population. What it represents to me is Toronto and Quebec. Uh, that is what the seats dictate. If you win Toronto, if you win the GTA and you win Quebec, you pretty much guarantee yourself in office with the numbers as spread out as they are in Canada, especially now that Maxime and the PPC are starting to take votes, right? Um, 
what what has been lost in this whole thing is the small communities. So when I'm looking at all the blockades and all the things that are happening, it's from small town people in places like Alberta, small town Ontario, Windsor, small town areas where the measures that we're taking has actually hurt those communities worse than big city, right? Um, because I'll use it. Uh, we went to uh, Sogging Shores for um, for a little vacay last year. They have one restaurant, Chris. There's one legitimate restaurant in that town that we were staying in, and they were shut down for two years. Uh, you're talking about a small group, small population in the town. The economy was hurt way more in that one spot than all of Toronto, right? So these people have had enough. And when, when you take all these small fringes of Canada and you add them up, it's actually the majority, right? It's actually the majority of people and how they feel of Canada. And, and, and 5.1 million people who voted, the 5.1 million who voted for Justin Trudeau. Yeah. And a whole bunch of them do not want these mandates. No. And, and I'm going to share two things before we start wrapping up. Um, there was a town in Alberta, you know, they had the blockading coots. So now they've blockaded a little higher in, um, I forgot the name of it, uh, small, small last town. I had to look it up and there's literally nothing there. It's a road. And there's a video and it just, it just got released yesterday and of the police there all in their little suits, all looking, all intimidating and the Canadians friggin' holding arms, arms linked together, standing right in front of them, and they're fucking singing Oh Canada. And yeah, I think I saw a highlight of that, yeah. And, and it was so powerful to me that, I mean, I, I, I got chills, you know what I mean? I got literal chills uh, watching that video. And then I'm going to bring it back. So I watched a Fox News report, which, uh, you know, I'm not a mainstream guy but i'm pissed off at fox for calling them fucking um occupations but anyway fox interviewed tucker's been going to town man. tucker shout out to tucker carlson you fucking gangster i love first of all one of the one a brilliant journalist he he captivates me i listen to him and i'm fucking locked in on the screen he's a pundit yeah he i listen to that guy and i'm locked in on the fucking screen and and i may not disguise oh my god um, but uh so fox interviews this man and he's standing in front of parliament and he says his daughter was pregnant lost her job i'm, I'm not sure if you saw this one yeah. she, she no, was pregnant she was morning. pregnant and they were trying to mandate her to get the vaccine before the pregnancy it caused some complications she didn't i don't think she got the shot but she had complications so she had to leave work early so I'm assuming she didn't qualify for her uh, maternity leave. Um, his son-in-law lost thousands of dollars from his business uh, due to the mandates. His son lost his job uh, because of the mandates. He's 60-something years old. He lost his career because of the mandates. And he said, I'm not here for me. I'm here for my kids and my grandkids so that they grow up in a place where there are none of the, the QR codes. They don't lose their jobs because of mandates. They don't lose anything because of that. And when I look at this man, he's, he's almost brought to tears talking to this reporter <clears throat> because 
He's lost everything. I love seeing that, by the way. He's lost everything, right? This man has lost everything. And so he said, I'm not going anywhere. So I want the government to take this message and take it fucking to heart because you're trying to threaten people with jail time and $100,000 fines. They don't give a fuck. You've pushed the, these are the small town people who have lost everything, like literally everything. We're here enjoying life. I got money. I'm running a, I'm thankful to God that I have a, a, a good business where I can provide for my family. Uh, but I also live in a big city. So th- those opportunities are available to me to, to, to be able to build something like that. You're talking about people who have lost everything and they don't give a fuck. You want to threaten them with a, a year in jail? Well, they've been living for two years in jail already with what's going on in their family. So if you want to threaten them with a year of jail time, uh, good luck, buddy. I'll go. That's what they're saying. I'll go. They, they only, they, they're not there to get violent and push and shove and shoot. No. They're there to sit the fuck down. And if you don't want to listen to them and give them the time, even a conversation, acknowledge their existence as human beings, you, good luck. And and sorry, you're going to say something? Go ahead. And that's where they're going to lose this battle because they're they're not fighting people who, who have something to lose. Yeah, it's, at this point, at this point, it's the truckers' battle to lose. Yeah, right. They, they they've won. The, the truckers have won. The government just is. What I really want to see in this is it's almost like a movie, you know. In the, the do you remember the movie Varsity Blues? I think it was Varsity Blues. Yeah, yeah, uh, Varsity. Yeah, the the football one, right? Yeah, remember when the coach, um, was like, "Come on, let's get out there," and he was like, "Cause he was a prick all the time," and then everybody just stopped listening to him. Yeah. And yeah, I remember. And, he, and you just see a broken man. That's what I want to see happen to Justin Trudeau because yeah. no one's left listening to him anymore. He is he he is in his little champagne socialist world, and he's doing that. And you know, one of the biggest things that he's using is he's manipulating. He, he's manipulating our democracy with the like with the pillars of our society. Like the, like he tries like Canadians do this, Canadians do that. He's using he's manipulating our democracy, the pillars of society. As a propaganda tool, like he's yeah. trying to make that happen. It's like when he, um, like the Terry Fox statue. Yeah, they said they defaced it. It was a flag, a hat, and a hat, and a sign. When there's left wing protests, it's paint. It's actually de- it's actually defaced. Yeah. An upside down flag does not represent a lack of patriotism. It is actually quite different. People have lost what the meaning of it is. If people see it, they're like, oh, that's against our military. It means a, no. Quite it simply, just, it doesn't mean distress, right? It means a citizenry and a country in distress. That's yeah. what it means. Yep. So just because Terry Fox's statue had an upside down flag on it, if you take anybody from the 1970s at the age he was in the 1970s and tell them what's going on now, I guarantee you they're behind the truckers. They haven't been subverted over these past years like like Yuri Vezmanov was explaining what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? They haven't been... They haven't been subverted. And like last time when I had brought up that there was going to be an event, this is the event, yeah. right? He's trying to make, Justin Trudeau is trying to make this not his January 6th. He is trying to make this his Reichstag fire. Yeah. That's what he's doing. That's what they're trying to do with January 6th. And that's what he's doing. The truckers cannot lose this. The Canadian people cannot lose this battle. We have to win this, right? And the way to win it is with peace. Do not blow up because the more aggressive the government gets, the more military that shows up, 
policeman pulls a trigger, that moment falls apart. The government is finished. Yeah. And it's at that moment when it may get violent, but they have to throw the first blow, right? And the Canadian people don't want that. No. The Canadian people don't want that. The Canadian military has said multiple times, this is not a military issue. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. And yeah, anyway. I, I mean, and the, I mean uh, I've heard, I, I don't know how credible it is, but I've heard the military would, is saying they will deny uh, it anyway to, to help in the situation. But um I think you're absolutely right. I it, it is the truckers have already won. That's why they're on the fence. And the only reason, and I'll, I'll leave it on this note because this is what it's all about. It's all about money at the end of the day. The only fucking reason that they put in a state of emergency yesterday in Ontario and they tried to escalate things the last 24 hours is because they shut down the Ambassador Bridge. I'm familiar with Windsor because I used to live there. I went to school there. Um, a bunch of fucking rich motherfuckers who run a bunch of car companies who did not have to shut down or change any of their fucking shit. The only thing they had to solve to solve was a chip shortage throughout the whole pandemic. Otherwise, they were making more fucking money than ever. They were producing cars, used car sales. The whole auto industry, you know, was doing fucking fine. A bunch of rich people started to get affected from the, the bridge getting closed. Oh, my parts aren't getting in. Oh, and I feel bad for any worker who couldn't work the last two days, but I, but I'm sorry. Um, you know, th- I lost my business. I lost you. Lost your business. People uh, haven't been working for months. Uh, I'm pretty sure the factory plants have been going pretty much throughout. Into they were de- deemed as essential. So fuck off. Um, you know what I mean. Rich people started it. Started to hurt their pocketbooks after a week of the. It started to hurt their pocketbooks. And now these cronies are coming in, putting in all their little threats and fear mongering and saying, hey, now our buddies are losing their money. We got to get you guys under wraps. Well, newsflash, that's not how it works, guys. <laughs> I, I said it at the beginning of this trucker thing. I posted it on my Facebook. I wanted it there kind of as a historical thing that I can revert back to because I said, you know, worries about this one. They just started rolling. Yeah. Right? Worries means there's a lot of support behind this right now. But the, what the tyrant is going to do the tyrant is going to sit and he's going to hide. I called it, right? Yeah. He's, he's not going to do anything because the longer it goes, he's trusting that the people turn on themselves. Yeah. Right? hundred percent, yeah. And I do see some people saying like, well, come on, you guys got to leave this so people can get back to work. Why is your eyes focused on the truckers? Your eyes should be focused on the prime minister. Right now, it's been two weeks that probably millions of Canadians, when you look at all the bridges and stuff, like people like, you know, yeah. waiting on the truckers and stuff, have been standing shoulder to shoulder, ignoring these tyrannical policies. There are no corpses lining the streets. Emergency rooms are not jam-packed. The death count hasn't gone catastrophic. What's happening right now is, this is my next prediction, what's happening. They are fighting tooth and nail. They will not go down without a fight. Justin no. Trudeau is not going to go down no. without a fight. He's going to have to basically be dragged out of parliament. And when I say that, I'm not saying by the protesters, because sooner or later, his party is going to crack and there will be a no confidence vote or the governor general whose office is getting flooded with... Um, False. Yeah. I've been called. I called. <laughs> we've been, we uh, has been getting flooded. Sooner or later, there's going to have to be a they're going to have to dissolve parliament. And this is not like what they're saying. They're saying that they're trying to 
um, you know, try to overthrow the government. This is how our parliamentary system works, yeah. right? Be able to solve the government and have an election, right? That is what will happen. And Pierre Polivare now with the conservatives. Now, I don't like any career politician, but he currently is the most palatable. I wish I didn't have to go towards someone like that. The conservatives will win. Yeah. Now that Pierre Polivare, if Max Bernier was the head of the conservative party, they would have won. Yeah, 100%. I agree. The last two elections. And if Polivare's got more support than Mad Max does. And oh, yeah. um, he will, but it's the thing that sucks. He's a career politician too. You can't trust him. No, you can't trust but, him. But um, that is the next thing. Trudeau's going to fight. And why? Because if he loses, whatever's been happening is going to get exposed. People are going to start learning what is actually behind this. Because at this point, if it's not obvious to you, it's not about the virus. Because like people have been ignoring these things for two weeks. Nobody's getting sick. Yeah. Well, well I have this policy. You know what I think it's about? It's about this uh, little World Economic Forum. That's a whole nother fucking podcast episode. But uh, I think that a lot of the... Set us up for the next one. Because yeah. the last one pitched into this because they played right into that. Yeah, um, I think like I have to do a little bit more digging myself on it myself before I t- can intelligently uh, speak about it. But um, I'll share this last thing with you before we finish. Uh, By the way, I read the book. It's like the Communist Manifesto. Yeah, I know. So I'll share. I'll share this thing before. You. So I I did the same thing you did. I got um, there's a there's a guy I went to high school with, um. Uh, when the trucker thing started two weeks ago, he posted a photo of Justin all like fucking, you know, you know, one of those uh, patriotic poses, sketches, uh, photoshopped like a cartoon. Like he looks yeah. like 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 Hitler, Hitler used to do to himself. Right. Glorifying himself. Mao did it. All, all these fucking tyrannical assholes do it. So I said I, I responded to it and I said, this guy's a criminal. He's a crook. And it, it took off from there. And so this guy was uh, against the, the, the stuff. He was like, you should, you know, take your fucking shot and shut up. This is the new world order. He's just following the new world order. He's just following along. He's not a bad guy. He's just following. This is where the world is headed. So either hop on board or not. And I responded to him. And then I left it at that because those conversations with those kind of people are um, toxic, right? I didn't want it. So I didn't even fucking pay attention. And then it's like, that was like, I ended it at like one o'clock at like eight 30 at night. I see my phone just go off. Right. This guy sends me like seven, eight different messages saying, ha ha, you lost. See the trucker protest didn't do anything. We won. You lost. Like it was a fucking competition. Right. I'm like, well, that wasn't the point of it. We didn't expect anything to change in one day. They said they were going to sit there until the mandates were gone. So how did an adult behave like that? That's, yeah. That's, that's and so then he starts getting angry his his messages get angry i sent one message back it gets angry and here's where i knew things were, were changing in in this kind of world where he sent me a photo of you know the pyramid with the eye in it and yeah. so i had to look it up and i'm like okay that's an illuminati signal right it's illuminati and so i have to do i'm not this is a big my tinfoil hat on i have to do a lot of more digging but what I think is this World Economic Forum and people that are involved with it, and you can you can check it out. It's pretty public. John Tory's involved. He's spoken with for them. Same with Doug Ford. Uh, uh, so I saw a video of them saying Chris that Wallace they've openly bragged about having yeah, like, yeah, the cabinet under his control. The guy, the guy, yeah, he said he had penetrated penetrated the Canadian cabinet, penetrated the Canadian cabinet. And so what I believe is, and I can't, and I'm speaking from a totally non-educated point on this. So 
This looks like another kind of Illuminati organization where they're looking for power and control using money and politicians to manipulate populations. And this is this is where you fall off. Yeah. What goes wrong? These people don't believe they're doing anything wrong. Yeah. That's what it is. These tyrants, Justin Trudeau thinks what he's doing is the best for humanity. Yeah. Tyrants don't see themselves as tyrants. They see themselves as prophets. Yeah. They're narcissistic sociopaths. I said, and they they hide it through their their um, compassion. Yeah, and like like you were saying, when this falls apart, and if Justin goes out dragged dragged out, it exposes this. And so I think he will have. Yeah, and so I mean, I, like I said, I have to do more work and research into the that organization and the people involved with it because I know they're powerful people. It's not. They're not inviting regular folks. They're not inviting Elon Musk to talk because he's a free thinker. They're not going to invite him. Well, don't, I don't trust Elon Musk. I, I, he's good. I, he's good. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't trust anybody at this point. But you, you get what I'm saying. So I have to do a little bit more digging. But I feel like when if Justin gets dragged out, it will show where all this we money was actually going. Where but all his, his life will be on the line. Like yeah, that's, I think that's what it is because treason is the only uh, – the only crime punishable by death in Canada. Yeah, yeah, where the essence, the SNC Lavalian stuff, uh, all this, mo all money can be traced back to things. And I actually wanted to bring this up before we finish. Let me let me pull this up. So, um, this was, you know, I'm huge into investing and stuff like that. So, this week Pfizer reported their results for the. They had their little quarterly report, right? And uh, I want to bring this up because it's public. It's out there. You can see this. This is just so the net income for Pfizer jumped three point three nine billion. So that from a year ago, with the same report, eight hundred and forty seven million. I want you to somebody to logically explain to me how you go from eight hundred and forty seven to three point three nine billion. Billion, eight hundred forty-seven million to eight hundred thirty-nine billion, without red flags in your fucking head going off, right? And the other part about this report was their guidance for the rest of the year was weak, right? Their guidance was weak, but they were expecting huge sales for their antiviral pill. You know the uh, quote, quote conspiracy theory repurposed ivermectin with maybe an ingredient change to make it patented, right? So. When you follow the money, I'd look that up. When you follow the money, you find the tyrants. And so this is an, a classic example, like you said. When you follow the money, you will find at the other end of it Justin Trudeau, as well as a lot of other people in the same positions of power. Freeland. Yep, Freeland. You're gonna find. I'm sure you'll find Hunter, and Joe. And that little assholes out in Australia, and as well as the little fucking assholes in France, uh, I'm sure you'll find Boris Johnson somewhere in there. Uh, when you follow the money, you're gonna find where this is uh, starting and ending. And you know, that's just a simple earnings report. That's just a simple earnings report. I can follow that tooth and nail. You don't go from 800 unless you've done something monumental. You've done. Well, uh, they did come out with the the, the vaccine. Well, yeah. But, but but I'm talking about monumental. That vaccine wasn't life changing. That that wasn't a life changing. Um, not it's not. Life. There's a lot of money in it, but there's not. A, it's not a life changing thing. It's not like curing cancer. 
right? No, so, no, what I, what I mean is that's where their finances come from, right? Yeah. So we've been paying. Yeah, like, and so been, when you follow them, yeah. so what I believe is when this is all said and done, if things work out for the people and not for the tyrants, the money will show that it was there's a, there's a link between big pharma, the World Economic Forum, and why the leaders are doing what they're doing. Put it that way. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah, they're trying to instill a new economy. So it's, it's yeah. And know. anyway, uh, let's leave it there on that negative note. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, thank you for doing this, uh, Coach. I really Thanks appreciate it again. And um, uh, let anybody know how they can reach you in terms of uh, if they want to enlist your services for weight loss coaching or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, um, I still do life coaching. I just don't do it a lot. It's not uh, something I like, you know, so if someone asks, I take care of that, but like I'm doing, I'm focusing on, um, online weight loss, a uh, very successful program. You can click on my group. It's on my profile. You can see in there some before and afters. It's an awesome program. You get to eat what you want. You get to work out under four hours a week. Um, and just live your life normal. You're not depriving yourself of anything and you're going to lose weight. It's a fantastic program. Um, it's been very successful. And, uh, you know, it's funny because of all the things I, I've done, um, you know, from MMA to um, you know, my boot camps, training people, and I get the biggest rush out of changing somebody's life. Yeah. Uh, and I, I get that. I've had that in martial arts a few times where I've had a student that I just, I've given some advice, a personal talk, right, where they're struggling, maybe being bullied, and they've come to me and they've said, you know, like, thank you so much, it's changed my life, right? Like, yeah. Or, or they've, I've had students come back to me years later and say, you know, my time at your school was great. I, it's, you get it immediately with the weight loss. It's like a dopamine hit. I love it. One of my clients is like, hey, I lost two pounds this week, or I lost, you know, 12 pounds in the last four weeks. I have one woman who, um, She's lost 12 pounds in her first four weeks and her measurements were ridiculous. Like there's a picture of it up on my, uh, in my group. So yes, please um, look to join. It's a great program and uh, it's done hundred percent remotely. Yeah, there you go. And he's definitely fit as fuck and he's educated as fuck. So he knows exactly what he's talking about. I can vouch for that. He got my fat ass ready to fight professionally. So <laughs> my brown ass who likes to eat everything in sight. So uh, anyway, that was another episode. Uh, and thank you everybody for listening. And that's it for us. Peace out. Hey, everybody. Thank you for watching. Please do me a favor. Click the like below. Share on YouTube. Share on Instagram. Share on Facebook. Spread the word so I can keep creating more content for you keep providing you with a great podcast experience. Peace out.